Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Pen Addict Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined by the fully leaded, fully inked, Mr. Brad Dowdy. I'm not unleaded? No, you are fully leaded. Okay, great. Good. I think that's better. Obviously, I mean, you know, pencil lead. Is yes, it called, You absolutely. call it lead, right? We call it lead. Yeah, same. Pencil lead. What, it's what, carbon. What, what's the other term? What other term would it be? I don't know. I don't know if you have a different word. No. No, we're, we're, we're on the same page on that one. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. That's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you been? Good. Good. How have you been? Good. Oh, well, actually, I haven't been good. I've been sick, but we don't want to talk about that. We don't need so. to. No, That's... but yeah, it, it allowed me to, um, in my misery, to prepare for these uh, two podcasts or this podcast we're recording today. And, you know, not that it was misery to um, to prep for it, but I was I was at home sick. So I was uh able to type up a few notes to get us ready for today which that's a rare that's a rare occurrence recently usually i'm doing it while we're on the microphone um getting ready to press record for the episode so yeah i'm actually prepared today for a change wow yeah so apparently i need to be sick for me to do any prep for the podcast i can look into that yeah don't expect much prep is what i'm saying well unless i have my own my way and and just (laughs) get these things dealt with yep yep So where so are we going today? What, what's on the what's on the docket? We have. Uh, I want to do some follow up on the field notes uh, talk that we seems to be a a running theme yep. through the through the podcast. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to get into our main topic, which uh, provoked a lot of discussion and a lot of emails and a lot of comments. And that's on fountain pen cleaning. We said last week we were going to talk about that this week, and uh, we are. So we've got a, a bunch of notes pulled together, a bunch of links, a bunch of comments. So uh, we'll talk a, a lot about that, but. First up, I wanted to follow up with Field Notes where uh, Jim Coodle, who is the man behind Field Notes, um, not necessarily – he's behind the company that puts them out. Uh, Aaron Draplin does the design work and and, and a lot of that for the Field Notes. But Jim in his office in Chicago and a gentleman named Brian – I didn't catch Brian's last name – put out a set of videos that are called An Obsessive's Guide to Field Notes Colors Editions. It's like and the perfect thing for us. It is, and they did it. They did it with a reason. And right when you, if you listen, the first minute or two of the first episode, though, the, there's four videos. Um, they broke them down into um, by year when they started doing the special editions, the colors editions releases. So there's a video for 2009, for 2010, for 2011, for 2012. Each color covering the four editions they released, and in the beginning of the first episode or the first video for the 2009 um jim kudo goes into why he felt he needed to make these videos it's because apparently there's been a huge collector uh boom of these uh field notes and and people are going crazy trying to be completists and trying to find all the different field notes that they can find and you know i'm obviously guilty of that myself and a bunch of other people that i follow on twitter should we and, um, should we personally take the responsibility for the fact that that has occurred? That's my no, that's no, my question. I don't, th- to I don't you. think so. I don't well, think so. I think that we were, should. 
I know, personally. I know. We should, we should. But no, there was definitely people doing it uh, <laughs> before I jumped in, jumped in on the bandwagon. Um, guys like Sandy McDonald and Jim mentions, like, you know, some emails he was getting, you know, years ago for for different things, trying to round up some some of the uh, promotional sets. They didn't. They actually didn't go into the promotional uh, type things oh, that's a um, shame. that we've been doing. But they just went in strictly through the color subscription history. I guess for them, I mean, you know, it's good to show what the colors have been in the past. So it gives you a good, you know, if you want to buy them, like, you know, if, if you want to get a color subscription in the future, it's good because you kind of get to see this is what colors gets you. And I guess the promotional ones that they, you know, they don't sell anything to do with those. So it kind of, you know, so exactly. That's exactly right. It's a moot and, point, um, really. But it, it, it was a really interesting set of videos and I learned a lot and, you know, I was, uh, I paid, uh, very close attention to some of the things that they were saying. And, and I, I actually learned a lot about when you hear it from the guys that are involved in it from day to day. Um, you, you definitely learn some things like the first, the first colors edition. Well, let me back up when that, before they even started, with the field notes and making the field notes brand website. And before they even had a product, you know, the story goes that, um, Aaron Draplin created these memo books and sent them out to his friends for Christmas. And they said field notes on them. And, um, you know, and Jim happened to be on Draplin's mailing list. And he had actually had a copy of that one that Aaron sent. Oh, was- um, it, it looks just like the craft paper, the brown craft paper ones, you know, like the basic field notes that you always get. Mm-hmm. And on the front of it, it has a little, um, and it's got an extra little extra line, like says number, number X out of Y on it, which, um, I thought was pretty neat to see, like see the book that really kicked off the whole. Now that's the real, that is the real collector's edition. Oh yeah. Yeah. Only, uh, only whoever was on Aaron's Christmas list that exactly. year, um, they really have something. Yeah. So that that's the book that started it all. But then, then they went into, um, you know, they, they talked about a little bit about the base edition, but they really wanted to discuss all the colors editions. And they talked about, you know, when they first decided to do it, they printed out the first edition was called Butcher Orange for the Butcher Orange cover. Um, they printed out 503 packs of those. And at the same time, they went ahead and printed out 500 of the Butcher Blue um, memo book three packs and what's interesting about that is they only released the orange for the first subscription for the first version this was before you could subscribe to the colors edition service right you know you could you could subscribe at that point or you know you could just buy the individual packs mm-hmm. which they obviously didn't have very many of so what happened was they released the orange that became a big hit and for the second release, they wanted to release the Butcher Blue, and they took so many subscriptions for that that they didn't have an. They only had enough printed of the Butcher Blue, which was the second edition, to fulfill all the subscriptions, and only had a few left over for individuals to buy. Uh. So, so from a rarity perspective, the Butcher Blue was actually a much more harder to get um, memo book than the first version which is the butcher orange even though it was a lot 
the availability was a lot lower because they were already committed to people who had seen the orange and then subscribed. So, Interesting. Since they printed them out at printed them out on the front end, but didn't release them until afterwards, it was they were uh, they were kind of tight and did a had a miscalculation there on on how many they would really need. So yeah. I thought that was a really interesting. Really interesting thing. You see, I haven't watched the videos yet. I'm looking forward very much to watching them. I'm probably going to do yeah. it this week. Yeah, you should do it. It's about, I think, all told, if you add them all up, it's maybe like 25 minutes, less than 30 minutes, I think, for all the videos. Um, and they get, they really give some insight, some things I learned that I, I, I didn't know. Like, for one, for example, later on, once they started moving into retail um, and allowing some vendors to sell some of the um, subscription editions, there's actually different versions were printed for retail shops as opposed to the subscription edition mm-hmm. subscribers um, or the ones that you get, you know, that you order on off the mailing list that, that comes out. And the way you can tell the difference is there's actually print run information on the inside back cover on the bottom right so that'll say like first run or things things of that nature. Like the the states, they gave a good example. The um, you know the fifty states edition, they've kept that on as a main product line. Yep. So but, we've got Expedition here, twenty twelve Field Notes brand Expedition first printing November two thousand and twelve. Yep. How cool! Yep. So there'll be there'll be examples like when the when they made the fifty states, the first print run, they basically guessed on quantities, like they printed more for New York and the example they gave was less for Iowa where Iowa sold out like immediately. So they had to reprint Iowa because they were keeping this on as a, as an ongoing product. So like Iowa, you might see a second print run or a third print run or something like that, but there'll be first print runs of it as well. So I thought that was an interesting tidbit to, to catch. Um, you know, and they mentioned that it happened. There was a few things like with the, um, the balsam fur edition was the same thing. Like the version that was sent to the retailers is actually slightly different than the version that if you ordered it during the time it was available as part of the subscription service, like the retailers, it, it was called a little bit, something different, had a little bit, something different. So they definitely, there is some, some markings that you can tell the difference in colors variations you can really get into this as a collector once you start knowing this sort of information exactly it because, was very troubling to me because <laughs> <laughs> now there are like not only is it oh i've got this color there are now differing levels of rarity to the colors you're, you're now putting a rare, a rare stamp, even within the rarest of them. Do you know what I mean? So it's like so adding this. layers of it. So get this. So yes, and so one of the notes. I, I actually made. I took note. This is how bad I am. I took notes while they were <laughs> discussing these. Going, cool, so. oh, I didn't know that. I need to write this down. So for the, one of my favorites um, that we haven't talked about a lot, it's called American Tradesman. Um, it's 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 just a really well made edition. It came with some cool some cool add-ons and one of the add-ons it came with was a red carpenter pencil. Okay. You you know what I'm talking you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I've always wanted carpenter. the American tradesman but never got. Yeah, so they shipped with a red carpenter pencil. Well, towards the end of the run they ran out of red carpenter pencils. So they made white ones. Oh. 
So some people have white carpenter pencils with their American tradesmen. Mine are all red because I ordered right out the gate. So, <laughs> so, so from a flexibility instance, standpoint, you're in trouble. In that instance, you were better off waiting. Yep, because now they don't make the red or the white carpenter pencils anymore. They just make black ones. You can still buy them though online. Um, I, I see some resellers still have them yeah. in stock. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it's little tiny differences like that. And, like, the Traveling Salesman Edition came with a button. And I think they printed six different buttons. And based on the region of the U.S. Um, you were in, they sent you your button said something different. Like, mine would have said Southeast. I'd have to yeah, go look at it to confirm that because I didn't notice it in the beginning. But I didn't get a button with mine. Yeah, yeah because you're, you're across the pond. You don't yeah. count. Again, I bought those from a U.K. reseller. Ah, there you go. So see, maybe it's not the the same edition, but it it, pro- it likely is. It probably just didn't come with the extras. Let's see what all. it says. So like I bought I bought the drive into the gap edition. All mine says is traveling salesman edition of twenty four thousand. Okay, that's it that's doesn't, doesn't the, have sounds like, like the accurate first edition. Mm-hmm. You just didn't get the extras. Mm-hmm. Like I bought the Drive into the Gap, which was the summer baseball edition that came with a book. Um, I didn't order those at first. Then I ordered them, I think, from Jet Pins, and they came without the book, which was fine by me because the book the book's still available. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was it was lots of little uh, little side comments like that. That those were the things that like really piqued my interest. Like my ears perked up a little bit when they said things like that. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. But um, they did say uh, one other thing was that the that black Ravens wing one mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. Um, like the black letter press um, that was that one was the fastest to sell out and it's been the most requested to reprint. I mean, and they're not, they're not going to reprint it. But oh, I mean, they didn't say specifically that they weren't, but I imagine that they're not. I want one of those ones. Yeah, those are the that's been one of the most. That's the one they hear about all the time. Like, I want this. I want this. I think that was the first book. That I saw, but it wasn't the first that I bought. Mm-hmm. So um, I bought the, as I said before, I bought the ones with the um, the, tr- the transfer, the dry transfer edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the the I, I remember seeing the Ravens wing. Yeah. They they talked about the dry transfer edition and Jim Jim's comment on that. The favorite, you know, we talked about it. I've talked about it in the past how. You know, I would know what I would put on there. You know, what what I would spell out with my letters. Jim said the favorite that he saw was a book that the cover was entitled "Dead to Me." I thought that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the list of all the people that were dead to you <laughs> in your in your notebook. I thought that was pretty funny. So I know that we've spoken about this a couple of times, but we need to we need to get one of those guys on the show. I know, and, and I, I I plan on it, and. Uh, I was always saying I wanted to get uh, Aaron on the show, and we, you would have to have like a serious editing fest afterward to I'm happy edit out all to, the curse words. Uh, I would love to get them both on, you know, yeah, you know, eventually, and and I would happily do the editing required. I think to, to, to do it, <laughs> it would be pretty awesome. So yeah. I will work on that. I think that that would I'll be a really a couple of really good episodes there. I think all one. Yep. But anyway, if anyone hasn't seen the link, we'll put it in the show notes. There's four videos. Um, they range from like six to 12 minutes long. Like I said, it's maybe 25 minutes in total. Um, they're really good if you're obsessive like me. Um, 
you should definitely check these out. And you can also, I caught, uh, I think it was last week, uh, Jim Koodle was on a podcast called The New Disruptors um, with Glenn Fleischman um, interviewing Jim about lots of different, about really about Koodle. Uh, is it Koodle Enterprises? I forget the name of his, the actual overarching name of his company but they do the deck ad network and they, they they're in several different things koodle partners koodle um, partners thank you they do you know a handful of, of different items field notes is just one of those things and he talked about it on this podcast and um it, w- it was a pretty good listen so check that out excellent yep so that was I was that was good good watching. They did a good job on the videos and um, Jim and Brian mentioned at one time that well Jim mentioned that you know he had someone write in and ask about the Levi special edition and Brian's kind of offhand comment was oh no one will ever get all the editions <laughs> and I was like oh that's a challenge yeah that is that you shouldn't say something like that <laughs> but he's probably right there's things out there that we don't even know about so yeah, yeah I, I would agree with his statement it's like as we was talking you know people get get them printed don't they yeah so, yeah like and like, like when they do them for conferences i mean yeah. that's never going to be publicized you're never gonna be able to round up all those type of things but you know the ones that are made for different retailers like levi's at the time or j crew or jc penny there's been various ones that the public will be able to get yeah. somewhat yeah. readily. Shall I talk about Squarespace before we continue? That you can, sir. So this episode is, of course, brought to you by those fine folks over at squarespace.com who give you everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace provides you with all of the tools that you need to create your home online. They provide you with a fully hosted, completely managed environment, which will help you create and maintain a blog, a portfolio, business website maybe you want to create a shrine to field notes notebooks well you can do that all on squarespace it doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to putting sites together you can build something amazing in minutes you don't have to worry about any of the under the hood stuff because squarespace takes care of all of it in a very beautiful little package they have fantastic templates they're very clean they let your content do all of the talking they feature responsive web design. You have the ability to change the designs very simply. You can make little customizations. Using their WYSIWYG editor, you can change fonts. They've recently added TypeKit integration. So they have some fantastic TypeKit fonts built right in. You take a look at that, Brad. I just added yeah, that, that. So Yeah, that is I, I saw that pop up this week, not to totally uh totally hijack your read here but i saw that this week so look for some you will definitely see some font changes as soon as i get some time to do that because there's a couple of type kit fonts that i enjoy seeing on other websites so look for those coming soon on panatic.com yeah, exactly i'm going to be re- redesigning mike hurley.net at some point over the next couple of months for a very specific reason um and pro- I, pro- I will most likely go with proxima nova because it's a beautiful mm-hmm. one and probably M- musio slab because that's one that we use in the network quite a lot so uh, they have a great page builder called Layout Engine. It allows you to use a drag-and-drop interface to lay out your pages exactly how you would want. They have stats, iOS and Android apps, a great blog importer, 24-7 customer support. The list goes on. And I want you to go and try it out for free with a free trial. Just go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels, and that's how you start your free trial. Squarespace, then, is a paid system, but it's well worth every penny. Squarespace starts at $10 a month for their standard plan and $20 a month for an unlimited plan. But if you sign up for a year up front, you automatically get 20% off that price. If you sign up for two years, you get 25% off. But if you use the code 70 decibels one at checkout, you'll get an additional 
additional 10% off your first order. Thank you very much to Squarespace, who give you everything you need to make an amazing website. So what's next on the list, Mr. Dowdy? We talked last week about fountain pen cleaning and how, you know, we, you, we being you and I, have um, had some questions around that and had some some issues around that just about, you know, what's the right thing to do. And you, you walk through, you talked about your process, which is generally what I do, um, which is, is basically, you know, flushing, flushing the nib and the section out, you know, um, under the sink. Um, you know, sometimes I would, I would leave the nibs soaking in water overnight. Um, and then just letting them sit to kind of air dry, just a real, simple way to clean it it doesn't take a a lot of actual time to do the cleaning but what i was doing is letting things sit and soak or air dry till there's not a drop of water and that always that frustrated me like i didn't know if i was one i felt like i was doing it right but i didn't know if i was doing it the best way i could be doing it and what was getting on my nerves was the fact that i felt like i had to go through this routine when i wanted to change inks that was going to take me you know washing and cleaning the pens at night um and then letting sit it out to dry the whole next day so it might be the the following night before i put new ink into whichever pen I was choosing to use. So we talked to a, a lot of people, sent, got a lot of information online, um, got a bunch of people sending us tweets or posts on um, app.net saying, you know, look, you really don't have to go through all of that, you know, letting it soak or letting it air dry and all this rigmarole in getting and swapping out inks. And people were consistently saying, you know, we can look just – we can do this. We can do it in like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and you'll be, you can swap out inks in 10 minutes. I was like, man, what am I doing wrong? So I started watching some of these videos. Sydney's video. Like I just, so Sydney Tinker on YouTube, he was on app.net as well. He sent it to us, but obviously all this stuff will be in the show notes. He was just just like, his video was like, he directed it to us and he was like, I don't really know what you guys are doing. (laughs) (laughs) I I laughed a couple of times during that. That was an excellent video. But he, he, I think, and I said to, I said to him afterwards, I think the main thing that he did that I wasn't doing was in the video, he kind of, after he sort of washes it out a bit, he uses a bulb and rinses it under a tap. He adds like sort of pressure into the nib by blowing into like where the ink goes. Mm-hmm. So into like the back of the nib, I guess it is, and that forces out any errant ink in, in there, and it just forces the water through. And it just—I mean, it looked like from the way he did it, it was perfect. And I, I will be um, trying this out the next time I need to change over an ink, definitely. Yeah. And so what I've done, which is is the same thing, is I've used used like a, a bulb, like a aspirator, like it's like a, um, it's like a thing you get when you're a baby to. St- to suck the snot out of a baby's nose. It's like this little bulb and you can just, you know, I used it to um, flush, to push water through the nib section forcefully to get it out more cleanly and then used it to just blow air through it. So it's, it's like, like Sydney was showing us just blowing through the nib. And the, the main takeaway I took from Sydney's video is that I just need to, stop being so fussy about it 
and stop being a wuss about it. Yeah. You know, I, I sent him some, I sent him some comments afterwards that there were two things that I, I noticed that he did one. I need to stop. I just, I need to be more aggressive in doing it. I just need to, I need to flush it out till the, till the water runs clear, dry it out as quickly as possible. And then just put your new ink in and, and stop futzing around with it and just do it. Um, you know, that's, that's something that I have to get over. Cause, because I, in, in the past, I always want like every shade of ink out. And then I want, want every drop of water dry out of the pen before I would use it again. And I think I just need to eliminate that completely. Um, I don't think the, the water is not, is going to make that big of a difference. I think I can get it cleaner faster with the bulb syringe. And I think it'll get drier faster with this bulb syringe pushing the air through it. And I think I'll be able to re-ink, you know, in a, in a quicker fashion. The second thing I took from his video and that I've never ever done before is dump ink back into a bottle. Have you ever done that? No. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's just a mental thing. Um, yeah, I would, I mean, I I don't really use bottled inks that much, but if I was going to be changing the ink out, I would probably pour it away. Yeah. See, I, I would, I I wouldn't, I don't know why I would do that, but, yeah, I wouldn't do either. I would just let the pen sit till I used all the ink. Yeah, that's what I would also do. I mean, yeah. he did it because he wanted to show us. Yeah. I think. But yeah, I would I don't really know why I would like would want to do it sooner. But if I did, for example, want to do it sooner, you know, like if I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I want to um I want to change my ink." I would just pour it away. I wouldn't pour it back into the bottle, I don't think. Right. Unless it was super expensive. Right. <laughs> so anyway, that was a that was a good video. Um, learned a lot, and taken from that, we got an email um, from Sharon who sent us some links. And the one I really enjoyed that she sent was the one from Edison Pen, which is tips on flushing nibs. And it's essentially what I'm doing now, which in- incorporates what Sydney was talking about, is using these bulb syringes, and that's a really really quick way to get the old ink out of the nib and then blow some air through to get them dry quicker. Um, I don't know. I think that's going to be my new, I think that's going to be my new thing. I, I used it a little bit last night, just messing around um, or maybe been two nights ago. Um, and I could really, I don't have my system down yet, but I could really get the ink out of the nib a lot quicker than I, I think I have been doing in the past, just rinsing it under the sink and just what seems like holding it for several minutes and in and out of the water and, drying it on different things. So um I, I I definitely recommend that video. And then Brian Goulet from Goulet Pens has several cleaning videos he's posted. And he's also done a fountain pen one oh one series that that covers this and he talks about cleaning out the converter, which you know I've taken I've gotten to taken um like a syringe and pumping water in the converter just to clean it out quicker. Um, you know, he, he goes through the same bulbs. So he goes through several different ways of flushing a fountain pen. Um, just, you know, drawing in, you know, if you have a, a converter or a plunger type um, fountain pen, just moving the water in and out you know, using the the twist mechanism on the back, you know, sucking in the water and pushing it out until you get a clean 
you start seeing clear water going through, not ink, no ink in the water. Um, but, you know, admittedly, that takes a lot of time and a lot of flushes. And then, you know, he finally gets to a video where he gets on the bulb syringe and it's just a faster, more efficient way to clean the fountain pens. And I think I'm 100 percent on board with that with that style. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to have to go shopping um, to get you a bulb syringe. You can just get it at the grocery store or Anywhere, anywhere that has like bait, like I got mine out of the uh, baby section at uh, Walmart. You know, they just have them there. It's like a something all little babies, everyone with little babies uses. So anywhere that sells that type of stuff, you should be able to get an aspirator. It just it's a little bulb with a syringe, and uh, what it it kind of fits perfectly down in to get enough pressure. Now, if you don't, if you're not careful, you know, you can shoot things back the other direction. So do be careful <laughs> which way you're aiming when you do it. If you don't have a a, a tight as air fit so um i i I think that's gonna work out well cool i'll have a look for that yeah sharon also mentioned uh an ultrasonic cleaner um like you use for jewelry if you have really tough tough to clean pens like when ink gets dried out um i'll probably never go that far no and actually what when i posted this on twitter i posted it on twitter after last episode you know what it what's everyone's tips and tricks the very first answer i got was a link to like a uh ultrasonic cleaner i said okay let me (laughs) let me let me rephrase what i'm asking you know what's the best fastest and most cost effective way (laughs) to do it um that that wouldn't be you know unless you're um unless you're a vendor or someone that sells and works and repairs on fountain pens i don't ever see getting a getting a jewelry cleaner to to really clean out the nibs i don't even Um, know if i would want to to do that like I don't, I don't think I would want to put my pens in a um, device like that. Right. I just don't. I mean, I know there's nothing. You know, obviously people used to clean their worldly goods, but I, I don't know. It's just something about it. I don't like the thought of doing something like that. Yeah, I think at that point I'm getting a new nib for my pen or a new yes. pen, or if I love it that much and have to have it exactly the same, I'm sending it to someone to take care of. If it's that important, but I'll. Ultrasonic cleaning is probably not in the cards for me. Well, we say that now. I know. Six months' time, we'll both be heralding our ultrasonic cleaners. You know what? I will never say never. There's a strong chance that's going to happen, so we might as well just face up to that fact. (laughs) But I'll tell you what's going to happen, Brad. We're both going to end up with like a... I'll end up with a platinum, and you'll have like a Lamy or something, and they'll be really cheap. But we'll have ground these nibs down to a fine point, and there'll be nothing like it. And it's to be too expensive to send away. So one of us will say to the other one, "It's time for an ultrasonic cleaner," <laughs> and then and then I go, "Yeah, I know." And then and then we'll we'll wonder how we ever got on without them, or we'll be throwing our high tech seas in there. You know, I was talking today. <laughs> to uh, our friend Kanuni Renishin on Twitter, mm-hmm. who seems to uh, be a recurring theme every episode now as She's well. She's like the, the unofficial She's right there with field notes. guest like, of every episode. <laughs> She's our unofficial uh, podcast mascot. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, she was basically saying, you know, oh my gosh, I just discovered the Pilot High Tech C. Why have I not ever used a 0.4 millimeter pen tip i mean this is just like two days ago or a day ago yeah i'm like you know what that's where i was five years ago and you know maybe four years ago 
I was loving those pens so much. I was saying, I'm never going to become a fountain pen guy. You know, I'll use them, but it'll never be my primary writing instrument. Well, mm. guess what? You see, the the high tech C one is never going to be that high on a list for me. Mm-hmm. It's just not like because people like them really fine, which I don't. And mm. I have some point sevens, and I think I have a a one a millimeter in those. And I mean, they're fine, but it's. I have so many issues with the barrel design, mm. and I don't think, personally for me, that I enjoy it enough to start going crazy and buying pen type A and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you yeah. really have a 0.7 and a 1.0? Because I don't think they come in that. I don't think I do, do I? I have something yeah. else. You, must have a, you probably have a V5. I think or I have a, a 0.5 or something. Yeah, probably have standing a 0.5. Standing up now, I'm going to go look in the pen <laughs> yeah. to find out but, what it is I have. Yep, but. I mean, I agree with you, and I've said it before that I would never recommend the Pilot High Tech C to someone who doesn't know what they were getting into beforehand. Yeah, I have a point five. I misspoke. Yeah, which actually, once you start using the the High Tech Cs, the point five just seems gigantic compared to the other ones. Like I like the point threes. Um, but but like yeah, a, I mean that's that's not a pen I'm ever going to tell anyone that hey I'm just getting into pens. What pen should I try? It's not going to be that one. Yeah, you you want the pen you, that could accidentally cut a notebook in half, right? <laughs> that yep. that was last week's pen then. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'll, back to our point. We'll we will never say never, no. um, because that has definitely come back to bite me in the. In a big way, taking a big chunk out of my wallet with yeah. these fountain pens. Come back to bite so. you in the wallet pocket. Yes. Definitely. Anything else? Any others? No. No, that, I think that's all I got on cleaning. You know, um, we're going to put these links in. And, you know, last week we got a lot of good feedback um, for suggestions on how people clean their pens, um, how they suggest to clean the pens, um, tips and tricks. We love hearing all those things. So definitely yeah, keep, keep, keep sending us keep that information. Because I kind of look at this as like a growing knowledge base that we are amassing for ourselves, but also for the listeners as well. Like people have their own little tips and tricks and maybe some things work better in some manufacturers than, than others. Who knows? You know, And it's good to, I guess, have that sort of information. Right, and that's right. And I want to be clear that, you know, like you just alluded to that fact that, you know, neither you or I are an expert in this area and we don't pretend to be. And we love learning new things and we're not too proud to admit that we were wrong in certain areas. And, you know, we're never going, we, we want this to be a, a two way communication with uh, us and our listeners. And uh, we definitely appreciate that. And we will uh, always looking for more information and how to do things better and, answers to questions and we we have a really good community and uh i think it, it works well that way we have a great community it's a blast it's a lot of fun yeah the, the community for this show is incredible and yep. it's um that's it's one of my favorite things about this show is the fact that we oh, have such great listeners one more thing i wanted to make a comment on sydney tinker's youtube video one thing i thought was funny is he put in the comments because i think he's a reasonably new listener to the podcast right in the comments section on that youtube video he someone asked someone said wow there's a pen addict podcast or whatever he said yeah i was actually looking for a pencil podcast and i came across this one so i thought that was kind of hilarious so it just now, goes to show you now we know what we need to in. do next <laughs> <laughs> never say never Man, we should here's another thing actually i mean 
me and you, are, are pr- we feel pretty resolute that we've got the only pencil we're ever going to need, right? With the Kuratoga. Generally, I, I would say I use two pencils. What's the, the other one, one that you use? The, the Rotring 600. Yes, we spoke about that before. Yeah. Haven't we? So let's, okay, but let's say, you know, we, we kind of, we, we can agree on one, like the Kuratoga. Yes. Um, I'm sure there's others, and I'd love to hear about them. Mm-hmm. And we we spoke about is it Black Wing? So yeah, Black Wing. We spoke about those as well, but well, that's, surely... a that's a traditional woodcase pencil, exactly. not a mechanical pencil. I'm just sure in general there are more great pencils out there. Oh, there are. There's some pencil. I mean, not that I'm I'm not near the the oldest pen and pencil blogger in in the realm, but there's at least two pencil blogs that I know for a fact outdate me that are still current and all they talk about is pencils. So absolutely. And actually I think all they talk about is wood case pencils, not even mechanical or drafting style pencils. Wow. So yes, that's a deep, deep, deep topic that I am not, not uh, that informed on. So yeah, actually getting a, uh, I'm at the risk of blowing the name. I think it's John from Pencil Revolution. Um, I've I've had him. I've exchanged emails with him several times. Great guy. So he would be someone to get on the podcast and enlighten us one day. I agree with that. Actually, it's quite a good idea. <laughs> quite a good idea. Okay, so Brad, people can find you online at penaddict dot com. They can email email you at thepenaddict at gmail dot com, or they can go to our contact form at seventy decibels dot com forward slash contact. I am on Twitter and app dot net. I'm imike i m y k e. Brad is at dowdy d o w d y on app dot net and d o w d y i s m dowdyism on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening to episode 40 of the Pen Addict Podcast. Until next time, bye-bye. Goodbye.